1: Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
0: Oh, say can you see By the dawn's early light What so proudly we hail? The twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fine or the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's Red glare, the bombs bursting in air, they proved through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star spangle banner yet wave? For the land and of the free and the home of the
3: This is the Sports
4: Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Cap Benny's on oysters, about however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame.
5: Now, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them, because if you break the record, everybody, <laughs> everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, Our number three already. Goodness. I'm Captain Mickey, and producing the Outdoor Show is Jake, and phone lines are open, 713-572-4610. That's 713-572-4610. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. All right. First caller, let's go to Rick. Rick Bice, good morning. What's up?
3: Oh man, first at something finally, in my life. Um How are you today today Mickey?
5: Couldn't be better. It's all good, my friend and you.
3: Fine. <laughs> hey, I was talking <laughs> with a guy yesterday. We were looking at his lake and he's got a he's got a, a dam that's leaking. And I tried to get him to fix it back in the summer, which would've been better dry. He didn't he didn't, do it. didn't have time. But anyway, um, we got to talking about water and I got to thinking, I've been wondering this question on San Louis Pat, not San Louis, but rollover pass. When you got that much volume of water and you got a tidal sir a, a tidal movement, you know, in and out, how did they keep how did first, how did they block that thing off long enough to fill it in? What did they fill it in? How did they keep it uh, from eroding away after they, they thought they had it blocked? I mean, how did well, that, How did they do that?
5: I didn't go down there and watch them fill it in, but, I mean, it, you know, they dug it out back in, what, 53, 54, somewhere. That's when they opened it up, and originally they called it the fish pass at rollover, but when they filled it in, I mean, that current would naturally go through there from the gulf into the bay and from the bay back into there, but it's got other avenues. I mean, it's pretty wide there from the gulf back to the intercoastal, you know, the bayside. you know, it used to go under Highway 87 and all that. But that's a, that's a long ways, and they, they kept filling it in. And what happens, that current from the gulf, it just goes on down the beach now instead of rolling in there like it used to. And then the current from the bays, instead of rolling through the pass, now it rolls down the intercoastal either way, whether it's incoming or outgoing. So it's just, uh, you know, the way well,
3: it works. The nature, well, the nature of forest for water has been going for so many years. Well, it's hard to change it.
0: Well, it I, is. I is and,
5: you know, I watched them stop just, up the sun oil cut over there. In uh east bay years ago and uh when they stopped that up it did change our fishing boy that used to be some unbelievable fishing on tidal exchanges around that cut waiting that but uh what it did that water still had to go somewhere and it all and it ended up blowing its way out of the marsh into the bay through other avenues It created little ditches and as time went on they eroded wider and wider it's it's changed everything off at point. marsh point is what the sun oil cut was on and uh but that from the beach with it being straight like that as long as you don't have a nook or anything to grab that current and deter it into something it's not going to erode away it's just going to make for natural beach erosion all the way down to the jetties like it's been doing for millions of years i mean that's just that's mother earth
3: Well, that was my other question. Did they take the, it had some jetties on on the Gulf side, didn't
5: it? No, they were supposed to originally, when they built that, they were supposed to come back and make jetties, rock growings on both sides of the pass to stop erosion and things of that sort. But they didn't, they just bulkheaded the pass itself, you know, with those steel girders and uh, to keep it from eating the land away adjacent to the pass and, uh, it's, uh, hey, it's gone, and we'll never get it back unless we get a Cat 5 or something, you know, to (laughs) really open it back up again.
3: Well, well, I've been wondering about that, but, uh, anyways, well, I don't know nothing else, Captain Mickey, I'm just, uh, What's the forecast for today? I can I have about three different forecasts on what it's going to do. This
5: well, afternoon. pick out the one you like the best. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I guess that's that, the only way to do it. it, it's pretty hard.
5: Yeah, I gave a guy your number. Uh, <coughs> I don't know a week or two ago, uh, mm-hmm. wanting to check on some ranches. I guess he had somebody that huh. wanted to buy, you know, buy a ranch. I don't know whether they ever called you or not, but he doesn't remember his name or
3: anything. But are you texting to me? After? I had, I don't recall anybody saying, he, yeah, they have. I tried to find. Well, out he, where they found he he texted me for if it. I don't and know. I, him.
5: I, you know, I, I hate giving out somebody's number, but I know the guy. He's, you know, and he was just he wanted your number. I guess to talk about it, but I guess he hadn't called you. No big deal.
3: Not, not that I can recall, Mickey. If I would, I'd already let you know. But, uh, I try to find out. You know, if people come just so I can do just that. Let people that refer me to other people. You know, give them a big thank you. You know, because hey, right. it all adds up. Maybe so. You never yeah. know. So, but I do well, appreciate you.
5: Well, you got any, some of the ranches you're. You're in touch with, or is there any rutting activity going on? Any kind of good deer report? Well, I'm the out. just
3: kind of been iffy. Well, I've, I have primarily the last month been in counties just to the west of us: Washington, Austin, Lee, yeah. uh, Northwest, Burleson, Washington, etc. Uh, that first little front a couple of weeks ago, the deer was running those hard. And what surprised me is, because I go to a lot of these places almost, by, I won't say every day, but close to it. Yeah. And the, the, uh, I was shocked because on a daily basis, you are around and I see all these young bucks, you know, maybe two and a half, little, you know, four, two, four, six point little park horn spikes and stuff uh-huh. like that, but, man, all, all I saw was deer I hadn't seen all year, bigger deer. Right. Now, the other place I've been is more of a, what i call central eastern hill country, just across 35, kind of just safe from, from here to Georgetown, Georgetown to Lampasas to that Brady Brownwood. I've been up in there a lot. And they're running a little behind, I, I would say, because they'll go earlier than south will. And uh, there is a little rut in the hill country. I did make one half-day trip over there, and uh, we rode around a big place, and, you know, you, you could see some things going on. and But it wasn't, you know, going crazy. But, no, it's on their mind. I have a lot of friends that I've, Kind of consult a little. It's got a lot of cameras, you know, these live feed cameras on their places on the farm, which to me, that ain't really hunting anymore. That's what it gets. Well, I'm not going or ain't, I ain't going hunting today because I don't see anything at my deer stem. That gummy was there this morning, you know. But <laughs> they, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, they, they're they saying that they're maybe, maybe you know, they're, they're trying. He said, but right, the guys I've been talking to, they got pretty big places. They're all, everything I deal with for the most part is low fence. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now I only have one place that's got a high fence on two sides. Right. And it's a big enough place. I don't think it really bothers it too much. But to answer your question in general, yeah, in this country there is a rut. I'm one more co-front, and it'll be a hard, strong one. And, you know, you drive down the road, you're seeing all these deer dead, so you know they're running them.
5: Yeah, they're, they are they got to be running when you see all these bucks run over like that or does run yeah. away from
3: bucks. Oh, yeah, they're all I mean. over. They're all over the yeah. place, bumpers and fenders and, and everything else. <laughs> Quarter panels. Yeah, yeah, I know. But anyways.
5: I saw a funny video that's the other day. This, some guy that uh, sold vehicles, he had a customer coming to pick up a truck uh that he bought a used truck and there was like three vehicles parked there in a row and that truck was on the outside and this deer jumped two vehicles and then hit the bed of that truck and caved it in man this doe did and flipped over and hit her feet running kept on going you know, back that, about he september, had it on video from his camera there at his uh car lot that was pretty funny i
3: was back at last september. well i say september Maybe late, like third week of September, I was having this guy with me, and I said, "I'm driving." He said, "Why are you driving so slow?" I said, "Man, there's a lot of deer through here," and I said, "I." You know, it was still dark, not like now. Yeah. And I said, "I'm, I'm just I know better." Anyway, I'm going alone. Well, here come a four or five, you know, training across that road. They wasn't paying no attention. Of course, there was a buck. All he, you know, he was running some does. And they weren't running real hard, but I, I was already going slow, but I slowed down, and uh, cause I know figured there's probably maybe something else yeah. coming, and I heard a thump on my truck. I was only going about 15 miles an hour, maybe. I heard a thump on my truck towards the back. Yeah. And I thought that didn't sound right, but I didn't even think about a deer running into me. I have had them do it one time before, but it was worse. Right. You anyway, I kept going, so we got there, and I had a bunch of junk to put in a dumpster, and I said, "Hey, I want to dump this stuff in this dumpster from my house before I leave." And I got out and that gun, man. There was that sucker hit. He, he he hit my my bed of my truck at the tail light, knocked my tail light out.
5: Good lord! There
3: was a bunch of hair all up in it. Yeah. And uh, and he bent. My, the edge of my tailgate man that's you know it's got all that tailgate's got all them creases in it that's pretty strong you know yeah
5: that uh, and, they, uh they got some weight to them when they hit it running like that that uh that causes yeah, damage I never, rick i gotta roll I man okay bud thank you we'll Mickey. see you buddy all right. all right later all right have a good one well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Boyd's One Stop. They're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse. Croaker's located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke at 227 Dyke Road. And if you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. And there's no better way to live your bait or your tournament fish than their oxygen response system. They have them on display there firsthand at the store. They refill your bottles there for you. If you need more info for it, call Jason Cogman at 281-701-8107. And when you're by the store, check out all their fresh, wild-caught, guff seafood, no farm raised at Boyd's, and their Cajun Grill next door. Boyd's has got it going on. If you're looking for lures or whatever, they've got all the tackle that you need For your next fishing trip, call them at 409-945-4001 or go to Boyd'sOneStop.com. And when you do, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you.
3: Live from the Twin Peaks Studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
5: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. All right, we have uh, phone lines available. If you care to give us a call, we have this entire segment to take a call. 713 572 4610. That's 713 572 4610. All right, 620 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's get to our phone lines. Uh, we have Guitar Dave next. Dave, good morning. How are you?
4: Hey, yeah, hey, I just wish Jake a happy belated Veterans Day. I didn't know he was in the Army. <laughs> But uh, we uh we had a, a the Veterans Day celebration at the American Legion yesterday and and I seen Mr. Charles up there. they had him up at the front table, and there's about sixty people in there and they pretty much all veterans with their families and stuff and and uh, come to find out he was he was his birthday he was ninety seven years old he was in World War II that man is he's like a spring chicken man. he's got more spry in him than I do, <laughs> yeah man. One, wonderful, like that.
5: wonderful, some age better than others.
4: Yeah, I hear you. What a wonderful guy, man! And he was so, he was so proud. They wrote, they read a, uh, they read a dissertation on him and everything, and and, uh, and his family was there, and then and then most of the other guys are from uh, Vietnam, you know. Most of the other guys, and and then we got a we got a Vietnam Army tank, you know, out front, and uh, that's at our post, and then over there, post five sixty, they got that jet. Over there, man. Man, you walk around that thing, man. It's it'll take your breath away, man. You know. But uh, no. Most and most of those guys, Captain. Uh, they 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 hunt, and they fish, and if a lot of them probably li- a lot of them probably listening right now, and and uh, they're just really really good guys to hang around, and and uh, they always uh got, they're always pretty much on the upbeat, and um, you know, and they like uh raising money, you know, for different organizations like, uh, Shriner's kids or else, you know, other, ve- or veterans or, you know, uh, sunshine kids or whatever. And it's just, it's just a good place to be, you know? Yeah. But, um, man, you know, I hope maybe this year when you get to go at Christmas time, maybe you can get me a, a rattlesnake skin for a belt. <laughs> you know? So, But I mean, like you said, the last year they it got cold again and they went in, didn't they? Yeah. You know? yep. Yeah. 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 No
5: yeah, fresh snakes there. when I was there, which was a good thing. I didn't see any. I'm glad of.
4: Oh, well, yeah. Well, that is a good thing. I, I remember just one time we were uh, at a six, eight, eight, eight- or ten-foot gully up there at the country, and I saw one. Uh, it was hanging on a limb off the side of the uh, gully there, you know, and you could see that rattle over there rattling. And But I, we didn't have a gun with the shoes, so we just stayed away, you know. And then, uh, seeing water moccasins on the pond up there, they, they will chase you. Yeah. (laughs) That ain't no fun. But, uh, most of the time I, uh, carry at least that four, a four ten with me or something when I was snake charmer, even going up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My mom had one, uh, that black Prince man from Sears and Roebuck that was cut off in the back and had the notches in it. And legend has it, it was left in the hotel there in New Waverly by Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) And I was. I mean, hey, I don't know, but I've heard I've heard a lot of people say that they stayed there. They rented that whole third floor of that hotel, but it's not there no more. But uh, anyway, that's way back in the day, man, a long time ago. Bonnie and Clyde, but Bonnie and Clyde, man, golly, come through New Waverly. Well, hey, you got like all the uh, all the famous singers uh, come through down Old Seventy Five. because Forty Five wasn't there, and they would stop at uh, uh, Borski's Tavern over there and. You go in there and there's Elvis Presley's autograph picture, George Jones, uh, you know, uh, man, you name it. It's, it's it's probably they probably stopped by there and played. And uh, I got I we would go up there when I was real little before I even started learning how to play music. My grandpa and grandma they always stopped by there on the way to the farm and sip beer with everybody, and then we'd go around and look at everything. But then later on, when I grew up and learned how to play, then. Uh, a lot of the older musicians, they would go over there and have jam sessions, and we'd go just sit in there and, and play, you know, and hang out. Wow, well, you know, kind of weird. You get, you got, I got to play at a place where Elvis Presley played. And, oh, I don't remember if I told you that my dad, when he was in Fort Hood about the time that Elvis Presley was up there, and then, uh, my mom and, and my, uh, I mean, my, and then my 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 dad and my uncle Sonny, who became a homicide detective, they were honor guards for Audie Murphy uh, for, for one of his movies here at the Heights. And yeah. I've got a picture of my I got a picture of my mom and Aunt Mary Louise with their white helmets on, uh, honor guard helmets, and they're wearing these real nice dresses with the nice shoes and everything, and they got the biggest smiles on their face. <laughs> man, golly. imagine that, man! Wow, that's man, that's history, ain't it? Well, yeah, it is. Well, hey, Captain, that's, that's about all I got, man. I just wanted to uh, say happy Veterans Day to everybody, and thanks, my hats off to all our veterans, and we appreciate what, what they've done in, in our vets, uh, the, our military that's out there uh, taking care of us right now. Amen. <laughs> that's all I got all right. to say. All
5: right, Dave. All right, have you. a good Sunday. All right, take, later.
4: Oh, thank,
2: oh, you, thank you, man.
5: All right, next up, let's go to Roy in Kingwood. Roy, good morning. You're on the Outdoor Show.
2: Hey, Mickey, how you doing? Good. Okay, uh, question I had. I know a couple of years back they closed the flounder season, and I guess mm-hmm. it's been kind of hush hush. Are they gonna reopen it anytime soon? I'm not saying this year, the next couple of years. Are they just gonna?
5: Man, it leave just depends closed? on their surveys, Roy. You know, on how their, you know, their biomass and creel looks and all that after all these closures from you know November to December fifteenth. That's uh
2: do you uh, are you hearing anything or do you know anything?
5: man, I don't you know I, I try to keep a ear to ground on those kind of issues. you know of course, we're hearing a lot you know with the the, uh, trout limits and everything else, but as far as flounder, I haven't heard. I'm sure once they get their stocks back or were they're, they're you know sustainable, that they'll, they'll open it all the way through the season like they have in the past. You know, this year it's zero. What was that? For a couple of years, I think you were allowed to take two or something like that with no gigging. and uh, Right. It was two. Now mm-hmm. it's none at all for, you know, a month and a half. And what they're yeah, doing, they're, they're, doing they're letting these, yeah. you know, these females, well, and males alike because they have to be there too, but they're letting them exit. To get their good spawns in, and uh, but you need you know you need cold water temperatures too. Everything's got to come together. You got to have good cold water offshore, you know, for a good spawn. Kind of like we need with with speckled trout in the bays. You know, the right sal- salinity levels. You don't want too much, and you don't want too less. You got to have the right sal- salinity levels to produce these good spawns and get a lot of offspring. So it's a delicate balance, man.
2: Yeah, the reason why I was asking is because I know they doing this thing with the with the specs, and that's pretty good what they are trying to do with the limits. And then uh, the redfish, you know, they set it to three, and then we never they never reversed it. They 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 kept it at three. Correct. Well, so I they, wonder, they, they said
5: the they would have taken it back to five, and changed the uh, slot if. They they claim they sent out all these surveys and everybody, you know, majority of the surveys returned wanted to keep it like it was.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the last question is: I use the concept thirteen and the white one. Yeah. And uh, what kind of line do you use on it?
5: Um, if I'm using mono, I'll use like a twelve pound mono. Uh, man they make so many good ones i use that uh, berkeley sensation i've become kind of fond of that i like you know the way it casts and you know it has a little bit less stretch than normal mono something that's soft and uh oh, okay. you know like uh berkeley makes one line that's soft a lot of people like but it's got a lot of stretch to it i don't i don't i don't like a real stretchy line i like a little bit of stretch and durability but i don't want it to get it so stiff that it's brittle but you know, it's got to have some elasticity, but uh, if I want to fish without any stretch at all, I'll just go, you know, to straight braid. And it depends on how I'm fishing, what I'm fishing for, whether I use braid versus mono. You know, if I'm finessing fish and wanting to get my lure down deep and on occasions, then I'll, I'll go to the monofilament a lot in the summertime. And then, you know, in the fall, like right now, when we're fishing shallower and using a lot of just, you know, suspending baits or topwater baits I, I'm I'm pretty fond of braid because there's not much stretch and you get a good positive hook set even when they you know a lot of fish that you'd probably miss on mono that you won't miss on braid so if that makes any sense to you I know it sounds complicated no,
2: no, no. but no it does because it seems like with braid I usually use that uh, voodoo shrimp and some of the the little johns uh-huh. usually when you try to set the hook you can set it, like, real quick, and but right. if you're using mono, and you set the hook, you feel the, like, the bounce on the line. It's not as hard as it's, it's braid when you set yeah, the hook. Yeah, and,
5: you know, there's just different applications applications for different type of fishing, and, you know, it depends on how the fish are reacting. You know, I, oh, okay. when I fish, I always, you know, I've, I've got mono rods and braided rods in the boat, so I'll know what to you know, which one to pick up for the way the fish are biting or whatever particular lure I want to throw, you know.
2: All right. Well, thank you. Keep an eye out for the the, the news on that flounder. <laughs> I, oh,
5: I will. I, I always keep an Just, ear to ground for stuff like that. I know that, uh, you know, Louisiana closed theirs a lot earlier than ours this year. Yeah, they did that well, last year, and they did it again this year. Yeah, they did it again this year, so uh, they're seeing a – you know, our curtailment of their flounder stocks also. Sir? I
2: said, you got the Texas boys getting out there, trying to get some of those flounders.
5: <laughs> well, there was a lot of that going on, going over there and getting with it. And that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, added pressure. And, and, you know, rod and reel fishermen, I mean, we take a lot out of the water, but it's hard to really decimate. You know, a species of fish like that by rod and reel, I mean, it can be done if somebody keeps going to the same place every day and all the amount of pressure adds up. But for the most part, most of it's environmental, you know, and habitat. And, you know, that's the biggest part, but we can't manage that. That's up to Mother Nature. That's her deal. But uh, we right. can manage ourselves as far as limits and trying to to conserve and rebuild populations, fish and all that Okay, well,
2: thank you. I really appreciate your time.
5: All right, Roy, you take care, buddy. Thanks for the call. All right, man. All right, we got time for probably one more call if somebody wants to get one in before the break. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. That's seven one three five seven two four six one zero. And man, I've had like three text messages now on, uh, you know what kind of. what kind of rod and action and everything I would throw with soft plastics this morning, you know, that's, you know, that's another, it just depends on the angler, you know, the fishermen themselves, you know, what they want out of a rod or what kind of meets their fishing standards and all that. And their, their level of fishing. I know, like for me throwing, if I'm just throwing strictly soft plastics, I, I like a, uh, About a six and a half foot rod, six six. I mean, you can even go six seven. I think a couple of rods I throw are six seven, like that Donk that Castaway made. That's a good stick. What I like about it, it's it's got a good lively tip. It's light on the tip and has a good taper towards you know through the mid range of the rod down to the to the uh, butt for backbone. And uh, it's I would call that a fast action rod, but light you know, with a lively tip. The problem a lot of guys make, they'll get too stiff of a rod to throw a a saw plastic bait using a light jig head, and they overwork that bait. I mean, you can see the difference when you jig a bait, you know, with a light rod versus a heavy rod, how much movement you get underneath the water surface. And a lot of times you're overworking it. Sometimes you're underworking it. And uh, then when you... add braided line to that with no stretch and then you really get a lot more action you get you you actually overwork it at times you got to slow everything down and not uh jerk that tip as hard especially you know some people like to hold the rod down and jerk it side to side but basically you're not changing the the depth of that bait when you work it that way i like uh keeping my rod directly in front of me and my tip up and then when i uh do find that magic, you know, range in the water column, I'm able to control it better with my tip up or I can take it down a little bit and then drop that bait down as I jig it and do some, uh, you know, <laughs> if the fish just want a straight retrieve, you know, we just go to something like a, uh, a paddle tail bait, you know, like a shad, shad style bait with a paddle tail on it and just reel straight you know, like you'd work a mirror lure or something else, maybe a jig here or there. But when you're working Little Johns and the Bass Assassin Rattails, their shad-based baits, you, you you know, sometimes they want, they want very little action on it, but the mo- most of the time the, the more action and the better you present that bait, the more strikes and positive hook sets you're going to get out of it and stay in contact with it. That's why keeping the rod in front of you, and your rod tip up don't bring it too far back as you're working and keep it, at, you know. You know, at 12 o'clock and just in front of you about 80 degrees and uh that way you still have time to set the hook and get the rod up enough to penetrate and catch the fish. So it's uh it just depends on the angler. But for the most part I'd say uh you know fish with a stick I fish with like that, that type of action, it'll make you a better fisherman. No doubt. We can all catch them. You can catch them on a hoe handle if you're good enough, but, uh, why not get the best equipment for your fishing needs? Well, speaking of baits and all that, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about the mirror lure little John and what it is. It's a, it's one of the hottest soft plastic baits I've chunked in years. And, uh, the Little John's a three-and-three-quarter-inch soft plastic twitch bait. It throws like a bullet into the wind or downwind. It doesn't matter. Even try the Little John XL. That's a great bait to go to with a light jig head, and you can su- suspend it a lot easier. And uh, what I do is, is throw both these baits, and it's a lethal on speckle trout, redfish, and flounder. And the Little John, they come with... They're injected with a secret fish-catching scent. It has a darting action. It makes it irresistible to game fish. And the Little John is so tough and durable, one bait can last for days. I've caught dozens of trout on one particular bait. The Little John comes in 14 popular fish-catching colors, and all it does is produce results day in and day out. That's the mirrorler Little John. You can look for them wherever tackle is sold. Remember, folks, nothing catches fish like mirror lure. Go to mirrorlure.com.
3: From the Twin Peaks Studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
5: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 640 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's head down south and... Uh, Get in the marsh and go live from the blind with Captain Bink Grimes, Matagord Sunrise Lodge, see what the Ducks are doing this morning. Morning, Bink. What's up, man? Y'all better hurry. How many you got got on the strap? (laughs) (laughs) Let it roll. Cut him now. Cut him now. There you go. And one of those shotguns, uh, sound like a Browning auto five.
6: Well, you know me well, don't you Mickey?
5: Yes, I do. You know I know that well. sound baby. They ain't nothing like an A 5 five. We've killed a million, <laughs> of, birds
6: million of birds with them and another one right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. We don't have, I think we need maybe one or two. more. It was a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent flight early. Right. Uh, I tell you what, man. I haven't seen the birds traveling like I saw this morning. Right at, at got two more. Oh. No,
5: keep your heads down.
6: Stay down. Don't move. Don't look at them. <laughs> Old model ducks. And they're Uh-oh. tough. To, they're tough. That's what we just. We just. That was the first model duck of the year that we just shot. I can't believe that he, he decoyed. Yeah, you, know, you can't you couldn't shoot him the first five days of the of the season. Uh but I've been I've been kind of saving this whole thinking, okay, I'm gonna wait on y'all. <laughs>
5: model how hey, you hunting model they're so ducks weird. are kinda of like playing golf and you can you can uh you can talk to a slice but a hook just won't listen. <laughs> Ain't
6: that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, it was like those days in the marsh that we remember when you knew the rain was coming and all those birds were leaving the marsh and they were leaving high and going to the high ground back in Chambers County. That's that's what it was like this morning. But they were coming back to us. I told you earlier earlier this morning uh, that that uh, man I I felt like I lost birds overnight uh, because we we had so many of them and. But, man, because uh, yesterday we just kind of lackluster, and and we had, you know, we've had a lot of birds in here. And and, I, and uh, a lot of times, you know, with, with puddle ducks, when you got rain a lot of low pressure, and you're right, and you're close to the coast, those, those suckers are going to head for hiding ground. They just, do it. they just do it. They do it with a the barometer. They, they do it. And uh, that's that's what happened yesterday. But, man, daylight, I can't tell you how many... Lines and lines, they were they coming like back. Oh, just lines and lines, you know. And
5: yesterday would have been a good high ground hunt day, you know, with that,
6: mist yes, and yes. That
5: heavy overcast and north wind. I mean, that's just that's what you, you know, order up for a high ground hunt,
0: yes, that's right. that's exactly. Right.
6: Uh, you yeah. know, I don't think that, uh. Rainy weather is what we duck hunters like. But are uh, not, not here.
5: gallinules and rails you know, in the background. <laughs> <I'll>, marsh hens.
6: <laughs> oh, they're all in it. He marsh hens or scoots, rails, or ivocets.
5: Man, oh, the great I outdoors. I leave my
6: dog. I took my, sent my dog with rain to the kind of hunting a, a freshwater. Uh, not, it's not a high, I guess it right. would be. It, I guess you'd call it a high ground pond, but it's right next to my. I hunt uh, uh, this is, this morning, but it's, it's two teal. It's got so many. We're gonna kill these right here. Two, two right here, boys. Cut them now! Cut them now! Cut them now! And two fell, two came in, two fell. That's uh, always good.
5: Two in, <laughs> two down.
6: But because we're in a drought, and because there's the water so salty on the uh on the coast, all these uh all these gators that are living close to the Colorado river and uh in you know the Colorado on the lower okay love a lot of them what were they also and people don't you know don't understand that alligators don't like salt water they can't they can't live in it you know they they can't stay in it and uh and a lot you know a lot during during hurricanes when you get all those flood tides and it floods all the the backwater you know a lot of a lot of gators will die because uh there'll be just so much so much salt water really and, uh yeah, a lot of them will'cause they can't they can't you know it inundates the even the fresh water that that uh the ponds that they're in, you know, when you get a six seven foot tide that just it like like our last hurricane here, you know, it uh man, I had six foot a six foot of water in the marsh. It it knocked out a lot of my levees and all that. But oh, but uh, what what happened is what happens is all the gators right now are concentrated. I got fresh water here. I can pump it, and they're all concentrated, and there are so many eyes around us in the morning. There's a lot of little ones, but, uh, you know, four or five yards Yeah, but you don't want to send
5: your dog out in that
6: mess. No. And, and I don't have a whole lot of big ones in this one, but uh, about 500 yards from me, there's a there's a pond that's just got a whole lot of big ones in it. And, uh, and when you got a good dog that'll that'll go after, you know, lifting birds, you know, yeah, yeah you, you there's no sense. So I sent her. I sent her with my other guy today, so we're hunting. We're hunting solo without a dog, which not fun to me, but I, it's better she can go with somebody else and sit in the back of my truck. So.
5: Well, I'm. I know that I've. I've been on. A, I was on a hunt one time. A good friend of my older brother's brought his uh, prize lab from Louisiana over here to hunt, and we watched an alligator eat it. Oh. And we thought, you know, oh. we hadn't seen any. It'd been real cold, and it was just a little warm up. It wasn't wasn't that warm, and that dog went down like a popping cork, buddy. That was it. That was I'm past, uh, sad
6: to watch. Yeah, it is. I'm past those huts with things happen to your dog. After I guess that was ten years ago when when that hunter shot my dog with a goose. Yeah, in and his I mouth. sent that
5: guy to you, man. I felt bad about that. <laughs> he was he had married into a family that uh Uh my wife worked with and he was getting into you know outdoors and he started Uh fishing with me and he wanted to get into duck hunting and all that and i told him i said i got a guy for you good good starter guide for you that'll show you the ropes big time and boy
6: (laughs) didn't know it was going to turn out like that uh that's one of the freak things man just I ain't never heard it happening again. So thank God. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh,
5: <laughs> it's not funny, but it, no, yeah. it's
6: it's life. Did it kill, you did it things, kill your man. dog? No, 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 no. It did. It didn't kill her. Uh, she uh, w- put a metal rod in her, and uh, she of course she was on the the disabled list for the rest of the year. Uh, that was in mid uh, December, and so she didn't oh. hunt for the rest of the year. And then, uh, the next, uh, so you kind of, you kind of wonder, you know, the, the next hunting season, how she's going to react, you know, and man, next teal season, she was on it. And then, and then two seasons later, she blows her ACL and then, <laughs> and then yeah. she's on the deal for a little while. And then, uh, and then I, I finally, uh, she finally passed, uh, I guess, uh, about four years ago. So, yeah, she was a, she was a good one. That was my. That was my little girl's uh, gift for making straight A's when she was in second grade, that dog was. And, and my little girl just graduated from Texas A&M in, in May. So. Man. <laughs> so that was, that was a little a little. Well, that, a little that just shows you got. the
5: drive in those dogs, you know, to, yep. after getting shot on a hunt and still living to do it and loving it. That's right. Get back in the game. That's what I do with them little ball players when I was coaching back in the day. One of them would take one off a of chin or – a shoulder, a hot grounder. You know, I'd uh, say rub some dirt on it and uh, get back in there. Let's let's do another one. Get them back in there and hit them some more hot ones.
6: <laughs> Those are some of my fondest memories, man. Of you, I mean, you would. I think back now. I was in seventh grade. Heck, I was, I was. It must have been eighty-two or eighty-three. I was a sixth grade maybe, and and I was out that that year because I had just had arm surgery. And so, oh, uh, Dugan, Trevathan, my best friend, was on the Dodgers, and you were his manager, so I was at every game. And, man, you would come in from fishing all day. You'd be burned up, and, and I mean, you'd just give it all you got. And we would we lie – you'd give those umpires some – oh, man, it just – it was funny. It, it yeah, was, that, but, 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 yeah. But those kids were coached, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, you we enjoyed
5: got to coach I and mean, you got to let them know you're standing up for them. I mean, they came yep, back to the dugout yep. almost crying and said – said, Coach, that ball was in the dirt. I said, I saw exactly where it was. I'm fixing to have a talk with that guy here in a minute. Y'all just
6: hang on. Don't, I don't
5: want but you we're talking at about that about the anyway. heat in the
6: summer. You know, I wouldn't want to do that. Heck, fish and come into the heat in the summer, then go go coach a ball game at 5 o'clock on, in June and July, you know? Yeah, go and left do, you big know trout that. biting to go do yeah. it. <laughs> Back where we had him. yeah. Yep, that's yeah. exactly right. It was
5: fun. I I loved working with them kids. And they, uh, you know, you just lead them in the right direction and try to keep their parents out of the. Man, that was that was it was harder coaching the parents than it was the kids. Oh God,
6: (sighs) it's even worse these days, man, man, man.
5: You know, I've been in baseball all my life, and you could look at a kid and see his talent level and knew where he belonged on the field. With his. Skills and I had one mom that wanted her son to catch, and I said, "Man, I got I got some flamethrowers on this team, on this team, and they've got some curveballs and sliders that are just." <laughs> I said that he is not ready for that yet. She was mad because yeah. I put him on second base. He's a good little ball player. He just he wasn't big and tough enough yet to get behind that plate with these guys throwing. Man, I yeah. get him killed.
6: Ma'am, he is not Johnny Bench, and you cannot, uh, you know, the old gray mare didn't wear, didn't win the Kentucky Derby either, you know. You got, no. It's, it's a lot of genetics there, baby. No. And, and, and look at you. You can't yep. really say that to him, but it's a lot of genetics involved.
5: That's exactly right. It. Yeah, you can't say what you want to say.
6: You can't say what you want to say. <laughs> You're not secretary. unless it's an
5: umpire. Then you know, once you're tossed out of yeah. game, you can give it all you got. Then that's,
6: get your money's worth. <laughs>
5: that's it. Well, man, it slowed up when I called you. I jinxed you, man.
6: Well, I mean, we're done. I mean, we're just. Oh, you're
5: there. through already?
6: Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, hey, no wonder you're those not calling two. anymore. Those okay, last those last two week. that did it, man. That was a um, fast hunt.
6: What? Like I said, last, last, last. Well, you call me. About twenty minutes after shooting time this time, but last last week, you know, you called uh, uh, before and and they didn't fly real well. And then as soon as I got off the phone, uh, I I could have, I guess, probably before you got off the air, we were done again. So it was, uh, yeah, it was probably, but it's a lot better than what it was yesterday. I can tell you that. That's, that's good. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, man. It's just amazing. It's, it's it's amazing what what animals do. Hey, it's the, just it, yeah, it's just like man.
5: fishing. Hey, man, you go out one day and just burn them up. I mean, you can't get away from them. The next day you show up and, man, where'd all these fish go? What happened? Yep. Yep. That's right. That's anything you do in outdoors. I mean, it's just so weather-related and, you know, just like dove hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting,
6: bass fishing,
5: trout fishing, red fishing, flounder fishing. Hey.
6: That barometer and that moon plays a whole lot of games with you too. Even uh, it does. You know, we got we got God's got a lot of excuses. You know, we 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 say, but I, you know, they're they're what we say. There's a lot of there's a lot of validity to a lot of these variables that we really look at. You know.
5: Uh, yeah, we got the best excuses in the book. We've seen it all. God talk. God talk. One hundred and one. <laughs> That's it, buddy. That's, that's, All right, man. Well, if somebody wants to call you about uh, booking a hunt or a fishing trip or doing both, come down to the lodge and do it. How they get hold of you, Bink? Uh,
6: Matagordasunriselodge.com, 979-241-1705. two four one seventeen zero five. We're putting a pool in at the lodge. We're putting in a putting green at the lodge. So, man, you fish or hunt in the afternoon. I know you don't probably don't want to get in the pool right now, but but you will come March no, and April.
5: Yeah come summer That'd
6: chip a little a bit put a little hit. bit too
5: that's it chipping and putting work on that game on the side there bud get some real pros down there all uh-huh. right Benk. well hey man i appreciate y'all check in with you next sunday for sure from live from the blind with bink grimes we'll talk to you all buddy right. take care man okay. go okay. clean them birds later unbelievable he's already through crazy isn't it all right well Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show, but we'll be back in the morning. or No, not in the morning. I'm sorry. It is Sunday. Be back Thursday morning, bright and early at 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610
1: KILT Houston. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.